A Florida man shot his roommate in the face over a puppy. A Florida man blasts a landscaper for blowing leaves. A Florida inmate claims she got pregnant through the air conditioning duct. A Florida school district removes dictionaries for their sexy words. And a Florida man hides meth in his butt cheeks after hitting a paraplegic bicyclist. These are the weird stories for Friday on Weird AF News. They are all from the state of Florida because on Friday we only do weird news from Florida. It's Florida Friday on Weird AF News. We. <laughs> Those bizarre stories you hear about all the time that seem to only happen here in Florida. I know, right? can't make this stuff up. It is just one of the many wacky news stories out of Florida. And why does the Sunshine State consistently produce such strange news? But what accounts for all this bizarre news? Is it the weather? Is it the people? Florida is full of the crazy stories. A Florida man shot his roommate in the face over $10 and a puppy. The puppy I get. I mean, I've seen John Wick movies, and I know how passionate people can be about their pets. But the $10, that's a bit of a Florida man head-scratcher, if you ask me. This story is out of Merritt Island. A man faces charges after he was accused of blasting his roommate in the face with a pellet gun, following an argument over some cash and a puppy. Deputies say they contacted the victim at the regional medical center four days after a fight with the suspect, who is 34-year-old Florida man Brian Michael Edwards. Can't trust a man with three first names. According to the affidavit, Brian Michael Edwards, the Florida man who likes pellet guns, woke the victim up and demanded he give him back $10 that was previously given to the victim the day prior for some medication and torches. <laughs> medication and torches? Torches? Like like medieval torches? I don't, I don't know. You could buy those these days. Uh, I've, I've heard uh, flashlights referred to as torches by, you know, weirdos in the UK. Uh, for some reason, they're still calling a flashlight a torch, uh, despite the techno technological differences that are obvious to me. Also, what sort of medication uh, costs less than $10 in this world? I mean, what is... <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> I want to know where the victim can get these cheap medications and torches. Is what I want to know. I think that should be the crux of this story. Are meds and torches that cheap in Florida? Anyways, the Florida man demanded he give him back the ten dollars that he lent him, and then the Florida man went on and demanded that the victim watch his six-month-old black pit bull puppy. The victim refused to watch the puppy. Ah. Didn't want to watch the puppy, the little cute little pit bull. I'd watch your pit bull for for ten bucks. Like I'll be, I'll watch your pit bull if we call it even on the ten dollars. I think that's a reasonable arrangement. Anyways, the victim refused to watch the puppy, refused to give back the ten dollars, and then the roommate, Florida man Edwards, became enraged and threatened him with what they're calling an AR-style automatic pellet gun that he retrieved from his bedroom. Investigators said the fight escalated and moved outside, in which uh, Florida man Edwards began firing the AR-style automatic pellet gun into the home, striking the victim in the left knee and the chest. What about the face? I thought he was shot in the face. Let's keep reading. The investigation further revealed that the victim taunted Edwards for being, quote, a terrible shot. <laughs> 
This victim's just asking for it at the end of the day, if we're being um, honest. After taunting the Florida man, Edwards uh, put the pellet gun inches from the victim's left cheek and shot him right in the face. How did he even get that close at that point? I mean, this the victim was very brazen. You're a terrible shot. How about you get closer and point it at my head? Maybe you won't miss then. He shot him in the face, leaving the victim with several cracked teeth, which later became swollen, infected, and in need of medical care. Well, thankfully, I mean, meds are really cheap in Florida, so you can get those antibiotics for probably three bucks, I'd imagine. Florida man Edwards was arrested and charged with aggravated battery, causing bodily harm, and shooting into or throwing a deadly missile into a dwelling. Now, if convicted, he'll probably do a little time in the old Florida slammer, also known as the flammer. (laughs) And at that point, he's seriously going to need a dog sitter. Any takers? A Florida man uh, shot a landscaper for blowing on his property. Is that not okay? I mean, the guy probably thought his grass was under attack. I mean, look at man, you got to defend your lavender. You got to defend your rosemary. Defend the rosemary at all costs. The story is out of Tampa, Florida. A Florida business owner. He's a business owner, guys, so you know he's a little smarter than your average Florida man. He allegedly shot a landscaper after leaves were blown onto his property. <laughs> that sounds reasonable. An armed society is a polite society, I say. You know, everybody got to be armed. You know, if the landscaper was armed also in order to shoot back, you know, now we're talking about a safer community. And isn't that what we all want, guys? Now, it apparently went down like this. Last Friday, a landscaper was working across the street from a business. The business owner became upset that the leaves were blowing onto his property and the two got into an argument over the leaves. And, um, of course, this is Florida, where everybody solves their problems with a gun, apparently. The business owner shot the landscaper, who was struck in the leg by a bullet. The landscaper was taken to a hospital in critical condition. Critical? Must have been quite a blast. <laughs> it's a critical condition, a hit to the leg. Well, you know, you, know you, you don't bring a leaf blower to a gunfight. We all know that. There's a witness, there's a witness to all of these shenanigans who told the media that they heard two gunshots before seeing the landscaper collapse onto the ground. Says here the uh, landscaper was taken in for questioning. (laughs) So anyways, I just started blasting, you know. Stand your ground, bro, stand your ground. It says it's unclear if anyone will be charged. (laughs) Okay, Florida. Yeah, they're not really sure if anyone's going to be charged because apparently in Florida you could just shoot a landscaper. (laughs) Those stand your ground laws. All you got to do is say that you feared for your life in Florida and then it's all okay. You could just blast away. (laughs) I wasn't I was afraid of my life. I was afraid I was afraid I was going to get blown over by that leaf blower. Those gas powered ones are pretty powerful. This wasn't one of those wimpy electric ones. It was a gas one. I was quite afraid for my bones. So I shot him. Wow, I I would love to know the stats. What percentage of confrontations in Florida end up with a gun being drawn? I'd say I'd say it's over 50 percent at this point. If I ever visit Florida and a stranger wants to talk to me about anything, I'm just running away. You, You have to just flee. You have no idea. You could die because of some conversation. Now, look, I've made it very clear how I feel about leaf blowers. I despise them strongly. And I've made it known countless times on social media. 
for some reason, the Leaf Blower Society has decided that the the optimum time to operate these loud, annoying machines is 6:45 a.m. If you haven't noticed, so now I would never pull a gun on a leaf blower. <laughs> Wouldn't do that. Uh, yeah, I would love to know the percentages of altercations that end with a gun being drawn in the state of Florida. I would say it's got to be over 50%. Would you not say that? If I ever visit Florida and a stranger walks up to me with a question or a comment or anything, I'm just running away at this point. I'm not even giving it a chance for the conversation to get weird or awkward. I'm out of there. Elsewise, I'll be killed. A Florida inmate claims she got pregnant through an air conditioning vent in the prison. (laughs) Pregnant through an air conditioning vent? What a miracle. I'd love to see that sex tape. Is this a porn? (laughs) Want to see this porn? It's called AC Shaft 2 Detention Center. The story starts out by saying, There's been a miracle in South Florida. You could call it Immaculate Conception. Um, I would call it the Immaculate Air Conditioning Conception. And uh, I wonder what she's going to name the child. Something probably like um, Chill. (laughs) Meet my son, Chill. He was conceived through an air conditioning shaft. (laughs) He's the new Florida Messiah. Uh, We have here a mother named Josie Ramos. She got the shock of her life on Christmas Day when she discovered her daughter's jailhouse pregnancy her daughter daisy link is now expecting she claims she got pregnant through an air conditioning vent while being locked up in a miami dade jail and if you believe that then i have a row of tents i'd like to sell you in echo park (laughs) Uh, daisy's a quality florida woman she's 28 years old and she's got a second degree murder charge and battery charge in order to spice up that rap sheet And uh, now apparently she's the Virgin Mary, okay? She's the Virgin, she's the Virgin air conditioner pregnancy lady. How does someone get pregnant behind bars, they're asking in the story. Well, uh, what do you think? I'm going to guess it was probably, I don't know, call me crazy, but a man got her pregnant in the jail. That's my guess. I know that's crazy, but that's what I'm going to say. Now, uh, here's what Daisy says happens. This is how she claims she got pregnant. And you know, you could trust her because she's only got one murder charge. Uh, Daisy says that a fellow roommate somehow got her pregnant through the air conditioning vent. For whatever reason, Daisy says an inmate passed a fertile rubber glove back and forth a few times. And just like magic, abracadabra, hello, baby. I mean, if this is her plot to get out of prison, it might work. I I think, um, I mean, I don't know. Do they allow pregnant women to stay in the prison after they're pregnant? Because in Florida, I think a fetus is a person, right? So you kind of have to release the fetus due to lack of due process, correct? So maybe this is her grand scheme to get out of prison. It might, it, we'll see if it works. I imagine her just... <laughs> a rubber glove full of semen, she's just shoving it up. Her. This is out of control, man. Uh, apparently, they found the other roommate who she claimed uh, is the daddy. They're calling this guy the Vent Wizard. <laughs> the Vent Wizard has been located, and an investigation is in full swing. The department insists there's no proof of a steamy glove rendezvous, but assures everyone they've got safety on their radar. Can, can you even get pregnant by scooping it out of a rubber glove and putting it in you? Uh, 
Is there like a time limit? How long does the sperm live inside a, a rubber glove? I, I, have, I can't answer these questions. I'm not a biologist. I'm going to guess she had sex in the prison. That's a crazy thing to say, but I'm going to guess that's what happened. I mean, there's males around a prison usually. Um, now, three months into the unanticipated pregnancy, the mother was worried about Daisy's well-being and medical care in the mental health area of the slammer. And, uh, I mean, you can't blame her. She believes her daughter got pregnant through a wall. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> she's got concerns, clearly. Uh, the mother's demanding that her daughter be let out of the jail for proper prenatal care, despite the jail department's claim of providing some very quality care for pregnant inmates. The mother's demanding a full-blown internal investigation to uncover the truth behind Daisy's, quote, miracle pregnancy and ensure she's not just getting some jailhouse room service. Now, you got to wonder how much longer this poor Florida mother is going to drink the Kool-Aid regarding her criminal daughter's unsubstantial claims being impregnated through an air conditioning duct. <laughs> what did she tell her mother about the murder? Nah, mom, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't murder the dude. A burning bush burned him. Yay! A Florida school district removes dictionaries for sexual descriptions. <laughs> Oh, the poor kids can't have fun anymore. You know how much fun it was just looking up boobies in the dictionary and reading about it? <laughs> Removing dictionaries. All right, Florida. Amazing. Amazing. Dictionaries, apparently more dangerous than guns in Florida. We have a Florida school district facing a federal lawsuit after it decided brilliantly to remove copies of dictionaries, encyclopedias, and other books because these books include descriptions of sexual conduct. Ooh, my goodness. Well, Florida, you might want to consider removing the Bible as well because there's some pretty sultry descriptions of adultery and incest in there and some pretty strange science fiction themes as well, I would say. Now, um... I can see uh, banning the dictionary, though. It does start with the word dick, so that kind of makes sense. But what? The encyclopedia and medical journals. Now, this story is out of Pensacola, Florida. It's the Escambia County School District, probably run by a bunch of geniuses. Um, those books are dangerous. Got to get the dangerous books out. Can't have the kids. What's next? You're going to ban the alphabet as well in case the kids spell some dirty words, you idiots. The school district removed several dictionaries and encyclopedias from various school libraries after school officials determined that these books violated Florida law HB 1069. This, this law, of course, was signed by Florida Governor Ronnie D. I like to call him Ronnie Little D. Last year. And Ronnie the moron restricts access to materials containing sexual conduct in Florida classrooms. The uh, school district removed eight encyclopedias and five dictionaries, also copies of the Guinness Book of World Records for some reason. <laughs> There's some salacious stories in the Guinness Book of World Records. I know that's where I go when I'm looking for a little wank material. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let me read this story about the man with the biggest set of balls. Oh, that gets me going. They also removed copies of Ripley's Believe It or Not. And a book for children that highlights unusual stories and hair-raising oddities, according to the book's description. <laughs> Ripley's Believe It or Not. You can't have them looking at that photo of the lady with three boobs. That's Who knows what they'll do after that? They'll go out in the world looking for women with three boobs. Try and 
I sexually assault three boobed ladies. <laughs> I don't know where you find women with three boobs. Do you have to go to a Star Wars bar? <laughs> oh, Florida. Other titles that were canceled include biographies on Thurgood Marshall, the first black Supreme Court justice. Such a pornographic scene. Can you imagine the courtroom? Also, Anne Frank's Diary of a Young Girl. In total, more than 1,600 books were removed from the libraries. So great, Florida. You know, when your state goals align with the Taliban, you know you're on the right track. Now, the backlash of this is publisher Penguin Random House and several authors have filed a federal lawsuit against this school district alleging that the ban violates free speech. And this week, a judge ruled that the lawsuit could actually move forward after finding that the suit had some actual standing after all. Um, now, Escambia County School District officials have said, to be clear, the books were not actually banned yet, but they were pulled from the shelves for further review to ensure compliance with this new book ban legislation by Ronnie D. Now, so far of the 1,600 books, only 100 have been reviewed by the committee so far. Yeah, it's going to take a while to get through those 1600s because, first of all, these a lot of these committee members probably can't read very well. <laughs> and these books are very sexy. I'd imagine it's tough to get through these books when you're touching yourself the entire time. <laughs> Way to go, Florida. <laughs> if you want an uneducated populace, congratulations. You're about to get it. You're about to get a, a, a whole generation of kids that can't even read, which is a shame because you want to be able to read in Florida. How else are you going to see those billboards that they put up that say, your daughter is not your date in order to remind fathers not to sexually assault their children? <laughs> those exist in Florida. Look it up if you don't believe me. A Florida man hides meth in his butt cheeks after hitting a paraplegic bicyclist. <laughs> One of the greatest titles of all time. A Florida man hides meth in his butt cheeks after running over a paraplegic bicyclist. First of all, how is a paraplegic bicyclist getting around? This is a miracle in itself. Let's keep reading and learn. A hit and run incident involving a paraplegic bicyclist. Is the bicyclist now a paraplegic? I'm, I'm very slow on the uptake here. Or was he, a para, he or she a paraplegic before the hit and run? Regardless, this has led to the arrest of a Florida man and woman who were found carrying methamphetamines. And I imagine in addition to the methamphetamines, it doesn't say, but there's probably a little bit of drug paraphernalia. Love that paraphernalia word, guys. Um, I want to wear a t-shirt that says, touch my paraphernalia. The collision occurred near Sesame Boulevard at around 6 p.m. when a Ford hatchback reportedly hit the bicyclist, identified as Steve. Poor Steve. Steve had been paralyzed from the chest down due to a staph infection contracted at his job at a detention center. He suffered minor injuries from the incident and was transported to a local hospital. This poor guy, right? He's a paraplegic, paralyzed from the chest down, and he's like, 
I, I want to still bicycle. People are like, you can't do it, Steve. How are you going to bicycle? And then somehow invents a bicycle in which he can, he can pedal despite uh, being paralyzed from the chest down. So maybe it's an electric bicycle. Anyways, he's out there. He's on the streets getting his exercise in, putting in the miles, putting in the steps. Not really the steps, but putting in the miles. And then gets hit by a car back in the hospital. Poor guy. The police tracked down the Ford to a Palm Coast resident, believed to be 35-year-old Andrew Croswell. However, his parents claimed he was not there at the time. He was out trying to run over a fully <laughs> paralyzed individual on a skateboard. The deputies discovered the Ford and stopped it eventually. The driver was 48-year-old Clara Smith, and Croswell was her passenger. Croswell, the Florida man, admitted he was driving when the car hit the paraplegic, but stated that he did not stop as he didn't realize that he actually hit anybody. Nonetheless, the vehicle bore significant damage corresponding to the incident. When asked about the damage to his vehicle, the Florida man stated he hit a curb. Now, when the Florida man was questioned by police, as seen in the captured body camera footage, the man stated that he had a methamphetamine on his person. And the methamphetamine was hidden between his buttocks, he says. And then he can be seen in the video trying to retrieve it while handcuffed. Not an easy feat. That's a major physical challenge to retrieve drugs between your buttocks while you're handcuffed. Can you imagine trying to do I can't do anything when I'm handcuffed. <laughs> Everybody hiding meth and crack in their butt crack in Florida. It just seems to be the place. Oh, yeah, the... Uh, that's the uh, the prison pocket, as they call it, right up the butt. In the footage, one of the deputies warns the Florida man about the potential for police intervention in the removal of the substance, asking if he could manually reach it. <laughs> what a randy deputy. <laughs> hey, 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 how about I reach down there and get the methamphetamine? You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> Give me my gloves. <sighs> Assisted by the deputies, the Florida man Croswell was able to remove the substance, which was subsequently confiscated by the investigators. Our Florida man is facing some charges, including leaving the scene of a crash, possession of methamphetamine, possession of drug paraphernalia, and possession of drugs without a prescription. <laughs> you didn't have a prescription for this meth? Come on. What's wrong with you? Wow. I didn't even know you could get a prescription for meth in Florida. Apparently that's a thing. Yay! Hey, my friends and loyal listeners of the Weird AF News podcast, Florida Man Edition. Thank you for spending some time with the podcast. Thanks to everybody who sent me Florida stories the last few days. I appreciate that. That made my job a little easier. I want to give a shout out to someone who bought me some coffee off my website, weirdafnews.com. It's Wifflepuff. Wifflepuff bought me coffee and wrote me a note saying, thank you, Jonesy, for being my alarm clock this school year. I love hearing the weird stories in your weird voices. It's a good way to wake up. Also, yes, this is my legal name. My wife named me. <laughs> Wifflepuff. So cute. I, I'm guessing that's a pet name. I like it because it's similar to Wiffleball, which is one of my favorite games in the world. It's one of my favorite sports. I love playing Wiffleball. Even, I even played in the Wiffleball World Series when I was 16 years old back in Massachusetts. I did. Um, we, we came in last place because I didn't realize that adults play in the Wiffleball World Series. <laughs> Imagine uh, me and my 16-year-old buddies playing against like 35-year-old giant men. Uh, well, we thought our backyard skills could translate into the World Series world, but it did not. It did not. But it was a great memory, and I love Wiffleball to this day. So shout out to Wifflepuff. Hope you have an awesome weekend. 
Also, I want to give a shout out to Jeff Coleman, who's a, a, a Patreon member and has been since 2018. And Jeff wrote me an awesome uh, DM in Patreon where he kind of thanked me for helping him get through some uh, life-threatening issues. And uh, he says that throughout the ordeal, he was genuinely looking forward to the podcast every day. And it was a highlight to start each day in some good spirits. And he says, forever in your debt, mate, your take on life is one to be admired. Uh, just a personal note, as I am not sure if folks tell you the effect the show actually has on day-to-day -day real life. You're a gentleman and a scholar, sir. Cheers to you, healthy and happy subscriber. And so big shout out to Jeff. Uh, and it reminded me, and that's why I wanted to read it, um, like the real reason why I do this podcast is that it, it seems to touch people. Not a lot of people, but it touches some people. And that makes me feel really good. So if the podcast has ever done something for you, gotten you through something, please send me a message about it. I love, I love to hear from these, uh, from my listeners that have a story like this. It really makes me feel good. And it highlights, um, you know, the purpose behind comedy in general. I think it, it, it helps people in life, which is why I'm, I'm always up in arms and the first person to defend a comedian when people attack comedians for their material. Uh, like for instance, Dave Chappelle has been attacked quite a bit. Um, as a result of his last special. And I've, I've jumped to defend him in every single case. And I watched the special myself, and I, I kind of enjoyed it. It's okay. It's not his best. And, you know, not all the jokes are great. But I defend his right to perform what he thinks is comedy, what's funny to him. It's not going to be funny to everybody because comedy, in case you don't know, is subjective, Yes, what's funny to you is not always funny to everybody else. Same with music. Not everybody enjoys the music of Iron Maiden. I do very much, but not everybody. It's not everybody's cup of tea. And so should Iron Maiden be told they cannot perform? That they should get off the stage? I mean, what an absurd thing to say about music. You don't really hear about that music. But with comedy, people jump on that train all the time trying to take the microphone from creators who are just trying to get laughs in any way that they can. It's not easy. So, you know, knowing that, knowing that I'm actually making people laugh with my silly humor here on this podcast, doing stupid little voices and horrible impressions and singing strange parodies and whatnot and making puns, that, that lets me know, ah, this is working. This is helping people. So please send me a message if I've ever touched you in that. We've ever touched you. Funnyjones at gmail.com or you can slide into my DMs at funnyjones on Instagram. Uh, if you guys want to support the show by joining the Patreon like Jeff Coleman or buying me a coffee like my Wiffle Ball buddy, uh, Captain Wiffle Tits, whatever. <laughs> Forget the name. Wiffle, Wiffle Puff? I forgot. Hold on, hold on. Let me go back. Oh, Wiffle Puff. That's right. I got it. I got it. Wiffle Puff. <laughs> please go to weirdafnews.com. You can click on the Patreon banner or you can click on the little uh, coffee cup uh, or you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash funnyjones or patreon.com slash weirdafnews or you can download the Patreon app on your phone and just do a search for weirdafnews. You can support the show that way. If you want to leave me a voicemail, call, call 646-450-2012. Listen, I hope you guys are having an amazing weekend. I hope you enjoyed the Florida episode, and we'll, uh, we'll take this back up on Monday. And good luck with your life, man. Good luck with your weekend, too.